are listening to Into the Comics Cave with your host, comic book heartthrob, Grant Stoy. Hello, this is Grant, and uh, thank you again for, for resuming listening to our podcast. Uh, again, I have another guest I'm extremely excited to talk to. Uh, they're very patient, even though I was slightly late tonight, and I am so grateful. Uh, with me today is Celestia and Brightmoon. Celestia, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you very much for asking. It's been a, well, it's been an interesting month, but you know we're 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 getting through it. We're getting through it. I feel like that is the correct response for like the last two years. It's like, oh, you it's know, been an interesting month. We live in interesting times for sure. Oh. So. <laughs> It, yeah, but on the plus side, you just got to switch, and the world is now your oyster. I know, I know, and there's just so much excitement going around for that. My boyfriend is sitting in the other room right now, and I know he was, like, looking at the Nintendo website, just looking at all the things <laughs> that we can do with this thing, and we were talking about the games and getting maybe getting the monthly subscription thing, so, you know, this is going to be a fabulous six-year anniversary for us. Oh, my gosh. Wait, is he playing right now? So he's no. Gonna... I have it sitting right here. I think he he's actually getting. Actually, I think he and his friends they actually do a weekly movie night. So this is okay. about the time that they're starting that. But I know he's probably like still kind of searching and looking at things. So well, I was gonna feel horrible if he was getting Mario Kart reps while you were stuck talking to me. Not at all, because I can always play that at any time anyway. But I said, no, I'm going to, I was in the middle of Pokemon, and I'm like, I just want to continue this before we get ready. So he's like, that's fine, because <laughs> I know they were starting the movie. So I forget what movie they're watching right now, too. So um, it's like I said, it's an every week thing, and he'll have, he and his friends, they, they all do a whole big Discord party. They're just watching movies. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, they, it's kind of their Tuesday night thing. I don't like to intrude because sometimes i feel like i am intruding if i were to be there but like they've mm. asked me to like hey you want to come watch me like maybe but i know i also have to get it for work in the morning so <laughs> and they're going all night long oh gross so like a, a movie marathon well it's like a it's one movie so it's not really a marathon but it's like, it'll be up for like hours mm. and i'm like i i want sleep mm -hmm. <laughs> the I, correct I wanna, response I wanna go to bed i want to go to bed so <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to have to cut out halfway through this thing. I'm not even paying attention anyway, so why don't I just not? <laughs> oh, Celestia, now that I got you here, yes. I want to know, whereabouts did you grow up? So I am originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Really? To, yeah, I'm from Philly. Uh, and I promise, if you were to talk to me for any extended amount of time, you could tell I'm from Philly. Are you going to say John at any point? In no, I'm not. But it's <laughs> it's more of the attitude. So there's this whole East Coast attitude mm -hmm. thing that I think people really do pick up on, especially here in the Midwest. Um, I have been told I'm intimidating and a little scary sometimes. I'm like, what? Why? And they're like, you're just very opinionated. I'm like, oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm always yeah. like that. But I think, I guess that's what it is. But, you know, I think... You know, when, as people do get to know me, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I can see it. Um, and they can hear it, too, in the way I say certain things. So I don't say John, but Water. Mm. Um, there's a couple of other things that people used to tease me on, um, just out here especially. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> don't tease me about that. Um, I'm trying to think of what other things. Um, I know people, like, really get kind of hung up with Philadelphia when we say Eagles. Um, and I'm like, I don't know how else we can say it that's going to not get us, like, <laughs> laughed at, but, and then uh, my driving, my driving. I'm not a bad driver. I'm not a reckless driver. I'm an aggressive driver. <laughs> See, that, I have no problem with that. If you're aggressive and you can get the job done, that's fine. This but is if what you're I aggressive say. and bad, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I think I've, I've only really been driving for, like, maybe a year. A year okay. and a half. And I'm like, no, this person's on my way. This person's in my way. Here, why aren't you wearing your turn? What's, what's happening with the turn signals? What's going on? I I, I do the horn thing. Um, everybody is always in my way. I have got places to go and you need to move. Mm -hmm. um, I'm literally always like that. So just, you know, those few things there, Bowser, like my Philly-isms, um, everything else. I like to think that I'm pretty mellow, but, you know, I'm, 
I'm the hothead. So it's kind of that. And I, I'm, I'm a little standoffish sometimes, especially in public. Like if, you know, I'm out and about in the store or something, I don't want anybody talking to me. I don't want no. anybody coming up to me. Like, I'm like, who are you? What? Why, why are we doing this right now? Or the worst is so, they're trying to like engage you in small talk for no reason. Like you're both right. waiting in the same place. All right. And like, I think that's just a thing I, especially that I've noticed out here in Columbus. And I can tell you one other difference that I have noticed is um, out here, people are more approachable, um, smiling a little more. And then I definitely compared this to being in Philadelphia. Like, I can see when I'm in line waiting for something and everybody's literally just talking to each other. Everybody's like so happy to see each other and be around each other back in Philly. Nobody wants to know anybody. We've, we're all mean mugging so hard. <laughs> <laughs> don't approach me. Don't talk to me. Don't even look in my direction unless you've got a problem. We can handle it right here now. <laughs> that is, that's the Philly. Um, and I, I definitely got to see that difference uh, a couple, a few years ago, actually, when I went back home for Christmas, I'm like, oh, I see it now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see the difference now. And I think when I was in Philly, there was this one person who, customer coming to the store, he would ask me all the time, uh, are you from the Midwest? I'm like, no. He's like, because you just seem different than like, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I, I try to be nice, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm Philly born and raised. So <laughs> that's, wow. that's, that's pretty much me. I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't say ask you this because I have friends in Philly and they are all obsessed with this thing called Scrapple. <laughs> Please, God, tell me you have not tried Scrapple. Are you kidding me? That's how we grew up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My mom used to make Scrapple. Not necessarily all the time, but like every once in a while, you know, it'd be a thing in the house. So she'd... Uh, she would put that with some cornbread and that would be like, that would either be some like snack or part of dinner or something, or it was just, it was a thing. It was definitely a thing. And like, even in Philly, you have people who are just kind of of two minds about it. You know, you'd have the, on one hand, you'd have people who are like, yeah, Scrapple, I love it because I put it with this, that, and the other. And you mm -hmm. have other people's like, this is like the worst thing for you. Why are you eating this? And you know, there was a, you probably get some in between. I didn't know any in betweeners, so it was either one <laughs> or the other for me. So, and I think it was mostly my family who really, really could get down with some scrapple. It was just an extra bit of breakfast food stuff yeah. that you just had on hand. Um, I can say for sure, I was looking at, I was watching a video interview for someone at my at my job, and she mentioned that she's from New Jersey. So I'm like, oh, cool, it's a New Jersey person. And then she said, I work at a Wawa. And I'm like, oh, my God, that takes me back. So coming out here, no one knows what a Wawa is. They're like, what is that? I'm like, it's your UDF. Huh. <laughs> Wawa is to Philly what UDF is to Columbus. It's almost literally the exact same thing. It's a small convenience store. Or uh, what's that other uh, gas station one? And I can't speedway speedway it's very okay. much a speedway too so it's like it's literally the same thing just a weird different name um but you know i think once i explain it that way they're like oh so it's everywhere yeah it's everywhere <laughs> <laughs> wawa's everywhere um i think one of the big differences that i noticed when i moved out to columbus was the price of everything yeah literally yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm like oh my god it's cheaper out here <laughs> It's so less expensive. Like, why didn't anybody tell me about Columbus years ago? I I mean, I wouldn't have had a reason to move out here, but like I moved out here for a job. And I'm like, I wow, this is this is great. I can get used to this. And I did. It's now been 10 years. So <laughs> you know, I've gotten used to a lot of things out here. Uh when I first moved out here, also my boss said, uh, oh, you know, people are nicer out in Columbus. And I, I said, hmm, are they now? Cause I'm I'm a cynical person. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, hmm, nicer, you say. Okay, we'll see. We'll see about that. I, uh, you know, got around and I interacted with people. I'm like, no, people are not nicer. They're more sincere. There's a difference. <laughs> There's a difference. They're more sincere. But people are people. <laughs> yeah, Out here in Columbus especially. Um, I grew so up like, in uh, Michigan. So I, I I see a lot of sincerity. But I all, do you also see the Midwest passive aggressive? Yes. Like, oh, my God, yes. Mm -hmm. 
I'm like, seriously, just say it. Yeah. <laughs> just say it. It's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I don't need you to pull punches with me. I need you to just outwhip it. Yeah. So it, it is frustrating, but also a little hilarious. I'm like, why are we so apologetic? Nothing has happened here. You haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. Because, of course, back in Philly, I'm just going to do it. And you're just going to have to deal with it. And I think that's what I'm used to. So <laughs> I'm just like, well, whatever. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're all going to have to cope with it one way or the other. But it's like, I'm so sorry I did this or I have to. I'm like, what are you apologizing for? Are you doing it anyway? <laughs> like, it's done. Transaction is completed. This is all right. What else? What do we have anything else to do here? No, exactly. Okay. So, like, <laughs> asking for the apology, I'm like, you could have just gone on with your life. I like what? <laughs> it's mm -hmm. fine. It's done. I grew so, up in Philly. Did you show like artistic proclivities like when you were younger? I have been uh, an artist since I was a kid. Um, I, you know, you hear this story from like literally everybody, and I realize it's always true. We've always been doing art since we were kids. So um, I think I started out with uh, watercolor and paint by numbers, and I just really got into it. And then I started, I remember grabbing rolls of uh, toilet paper and just painting on that when I was a kid, too. My mom didn't say anything to her credit. So she's like, whatever. Nice. <laughs> I'm just like sitting there with this toilet paper and kind of painting these like little muralized things and all these, just dropping colors and stuff down. Then you know, art classes in my elementary school and everything. And yes, I was the kid who was doodling in the uh, margins of my notebooks in the middle of class. I'm supposed to be paying attention. I'm not paying attention to a thing going on. I'm just who sitting there Who needs to learn math when there's calculators? Right, right. I can draw this right now. I don't need to pay attention to that. So it was it was a lot of fun. And, you know, it's just, it's just kind of my upbringing. And then, you know, the whole college thing, I was an art major. Uh, I went to East Stroudsburg University for three years to study fine art. And then I left that because I'm just like, I'm tired of having to fight with administration about financial aid and all this other stuff. So I'm just going to go home and figure out the rest of my life that way. And then I enrolled at the Art Institute and you could only imagine where that went. Um, so I escaped out of that with a associate's degree uh, in animation art and design so i'm like oh maybe i'll pick up animation and do that no that didn't happen either oh um i just i am not one for competition especially in art um yeah. i just for me the whole idea of competitive art careers is just weird um only because i know my skill level and i guess it's also kind of this uh imposter syndrome thing i'm like i just don't think that i'm good enough to really compete with all these people you know you see your peers and they have all this really great stuff and you look at your own i'm like what is this i'm like making comic book illustrations barely even that what am i doing competing with this person you can create and render a whole scene that's worthy of a uh, pixar right now like what am i doing against that so maybe i'll just sit over here with my comic books and illustrations but like even my teachers were really supportive they're like you're a a, a, a traditional artist that's not something you see all the time in animation so like you can actually do something with this maybe you know 3d animation can help you with your staging and like blocking out i'm like you know that's i hadn't even thought of that so thank yeah. you for that but after a while i said i i just i need to figure out my life and what i really want to do right now and if art is going to be a part of that or if i'm just going to have to have this take a back seat to anything else um, and it's it's always been there. It has always been there. So I turned 38 last, a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, you know, just now getting, feeling really comfortable about my productivity, about my subject matter, my stories and my work, as well as the skills that I've built. And it's been great. Um, the work that I'm doing right now, I feel is like my best work ever. Um, only because I really get to revisit a lot of the things that I've done years ago and say, I can do this now. I have this whole digital platform. I, I have access to Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram. So there's all these great things. I can share this stuff with people. And then, oh, look, I could do digital art now, which is something I've always wanted to do. When I was a kid, I used to make these little comics on in Microsoft Paint. Yes. Yes. Paint, yep. 
I used to do that all the time when I was a kid. And I had these really great stories and, you know, my family, of course, they were really supportive. My aunt connected me with this one other person who's like, you've got some really great art here. You know, what can we do to like help build you up? And this, and of course I was a kid at the time. So that didn't really go anywhere because I wasn't really interested in what other people were telling me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I got older and I really started to do things on my own that I started to really take stock of what I was actually doing and how far I could take it. And, you know, that first time at uh, East Stroudsburg University was like the first time I was surrounded by other artists. Okay. And we were like doing things together and we were all really like, you know, shouting about each other and talking about, oh my God, you did this really great. And I love the way this looks. So can you show me this? And I want to do something like this. So it was really this great environment. I loved art school for that. Um, but of course, you know, you hear the, a lot of the other pain points about going to art school, about how expensive it is. And, you know, I had that experience when I went to the Art Institute, but even there, I was still surrounded by other people who were, you know, even my peers who I thought were miles ahead of me in a lot of things. They're like, no, you can do things I can't. Like you can cite perspective in a way that I would need a ruler and like 15 other lines drawn on the paper. You can just do it. My teacher told me that. <laughs> that must've been it, like, it felt good. So gratifying. <laughs> it, it definitely felt good because we were working with some perspective stuff and I'm just citing things. I'm like, it goes like this, da, 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 da. So like hearing that, I'm like, okay, I guess I've got this art thing down. So, you know, don't ask me how I do it. I just, I just do it. So um, I, I think in my head, I just kind of envision how it should look or how I think it mm -hmm. should look. And I've gotten really, really good at translating that into like what my hand is doing. That's amazing. Um, it's, I, it's, it's been phenomenal. Um, I just wish I could, like I said, translate that into a skill and say, I, you know, what skill that actually is or whatever. Like, no, it's just something that I do. Um, but no, I've definitely been doing art literally my whole life. And it wasn't until coming to Columbus that I decided to make a real push to be a professional artist. So I think it was a couple of years after I got here, I had left my old job that brought me here and I said, I'm just going to make art. That's what I'm going to do. I had an art major. I was an art major in school. I had a have an art degree. Let's just do this thing. And, you know, that lasted for almost a year um, nice. of me just doing this regularly, you know, taking commissions and going to art shows, selling my work. I connected with an art group when I moved out here. It was actually really easy to do. Don't ask me how. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like everything just kind of fell in place. And, you know, just like being surrounded by, again by all these great artists. I'm like, oh my God, this is fantastic. You know, I had a, I had a little side job, like an actual job just to pay rent and everything. But, yeah. you know, the money I was making from selling my work and the commissions that bought me groceries, like for a good long time. I'm like, wow, I can actually do this. And then I connect with the job that I'm in right now. And I was just saying this on stream too, because I had my uh, stream earlier today. Um that I, I, I started this job that I, I'm at right now. And I'm just like, this is something else that I love. Well, I did not know that I would love to do this. I'm in human resource. I'm a human resources team leader. I'm like, oh my God, I, I would love to do this more. So I went to school for that. And you know, I just graduated uh, with my bachelor's degree in human resources management. Congratulations. Thank you, pretty recently. Um, and then I started OSU for a master's degree. So this is how deep I've gone. And in the middle of that, I'm like, I, I still have my art and I can still get my work out and share this with other people. So I'm trying to get back into the game that I was when I moved out to Columbus of just like, working on art and just trying to make a real go at that as a career, yeah. maybe I can make grocery money again. And maybe that'll be enough. Or maybe, you know, I can do other things. Maybe I can tell different types of stories. I'm getting into music now and I am trying to figure out this animation thing again. Um, and there's, I think what comes with it is the sense of when you are in a secure place, like your home life is secure, your financial life is secure. There's so many different things that you can do. And I'm just like looking at kind of the horizon of everything. I'm like, wow, I can do that. And I can go there. I want this. Give me that. The only challenge is I don't have the time <laughs> yep. to do all of these things, but I have an interest in every last one of them. I can actually explore my art now. 
So it's just a matter of like really determining like, what do I want in a career? Okay. You know, do I really want to have and take this art career as far as it can go? Or do I want to, you know, just kind of live my life as a human resources professional doing this other thing that I found that I really love and building my skill and my knowledge there and just going on to have that career while doing this as a side thing. And then there's a way I can do both, I'm sure of it, but I've, I've really been living just for my art. And it's, it's one of those things where it really does keep me sane yeah, and keeps me energized every single day. You know, if I can come home and start working on some pages or, you know, writing a story or just kind of plotting some things down, I'll feel good and I'll have a really good night and ideas and energy is just flowing and, you know, I can go to bed really energized, which is I'm not getting any sleep, but <laughs> we'll visit that one later. But it's just, it just feels good, you know, being as not just productive, but also inspired yeah. and energized. And I wake up in the morning from that ready to go and just ready to go about my day. I've got my to-do list and everything. I'm just doing everything. And it's because I have art as my outlet, I think, that I have the wherewithal to actually do all of those great things. So it's 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 a fantastically charmed life that I lead. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of comics were you did you first get into when you were younger? Like that made uh, you want to make some? So my cousin was super into X-Men. Anything mm -hmm. Marvel, that was what he did. And so, of course, I picked up that. I, I'm the oldest of three kids, but he was older than me. So I looked up to him like an older brother. So, and he kind of was. Um, so, like, whatever he was interested in, I wanted to be a part of. Mm -hmm. I wanted to look at that, too. So, you know, I found my, uh, my favorites. And, you know, we would talk about comic stuff. We'd talk about who our favorite characters were. We'd have our action figures. We'd play war with them. And it was just... Like, it was just a fantastic upbringing for me as far as, like, my creative outlet. Oh, but, I bet. yeah. You know, just kind of looking at the stories over there, I'm like, I can write some stories like this, too. And I think that's actually what did it. Um, just kind of reading through comic books. I'm like, I can do that. I know how to do this. I'm just not even, like, you know, putting myself up on this pedestal, like, what my skill is. But I'm like, for me, I'm just like, I can draw lines like that. And I, I just start doing it. Mm -hmm. And what did it for me, like I said, I was... I was on MS Paint. So I'm just trying to do all the, the clicking with the mouse because, of course, we didn't have all the new fancy technology no, that we do all. now. Uh, but it was, you know, I'm drawing the panels in there. I'm getting all the everything. I'm using the polygonal lasso tool like it's my life. Um, drawing all the, it was, it was kind of amazing. And, of course, they're all in color. I'm like, I don't know how to get this printed, but, like, here it is. Here's my story. So, yeah. of course, you're using your inkjet printer with the color ink. <laughs> And it comes out crappy, but it's like, you know, this is like the best thing I've done so far. So I've right. got this. And, you know, it's just like adventure comics were my thing and the superheroes were my thing. And then, I don't know, at some point, I moved on, moved on from superheroes. I still love me some superheroes. Don't get me wrong. The Avengers is always going to be my favorite team uh -huh. and not because of the movies. Literally just, right. there was one particular adventure. It was actually my cousin's book. Um, and it had... It was something about the Avengers. I think they were in Asgard or something. I can't remember the full story, but I'm like, this is the type of adventure story that I love. You have all these like magical, superpowered characters going on this actual adventure, doing things. That's what captured my attention. I mm -hmm. wanted to tell those kinds of stories. I wanted to tell a story of people doing things in the world. They're going on adventures. They're rescuing, you know, a friend of theirs, or they're destroying this other thing. So I got deep into just fantasy literature and fantasy art. Um, another big inspiration for me, and this is probably cliche, but this is the actual truth. Um, Yoshitaka Amano, of course, is number one. So he is the um, one of the main uh, illustrators for the Final Fantasy games. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you were to look at, um, I'm trying to think of some of the designs from... Some of the early games, I know the early Final Fantasy, like Final, Final Fantasy V and VI, and then he's done some of the character concept art um, for Final Fantasy X. So okay. a lot of the really painterly things, that's him. Oh. I have a couple of his books because I loved his work so much. I said, I have to own some of his art books. And it is as much of a treat as you can imagine. <laughs> um, Norman Rockwell. Okay. 
another one of my favorite artists. And just because of his illustrative work is just so good. He's another one of those artists that I said, I can do that. And I just, and that's, you know, my whole reason for going to art schools. I'm like, I want to paint like Norman Rockwell. I want to be that type of artist who does these really fantastic fantasy illustrations in oil paint. Oh my um, gosh, yeah. Todd Lockwood, who does a lot of work for D&D, uh, &D, TSR. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Yeah. He was another inspiration of mine. And, of course, uh, Frank Frazetta. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love Frazetta's work. So, you know, now being on Twitter and, you know, see now I have access to the internet and all these things and I could actually go and visit these websites. I'm like, oh, my God, look at this and look at this. And so when I look at art from that time period when I was a kid, and that art was already like 20 years old. Yeah. But when I was a kid and seeing those pieces, now I see them again. I'm like, oh, my God, this just makes me want to paint something. I'm going to go back and do this, that, and the other now. I'm going to revisit this. Um, so I do still have my traditional paints. Um, one of the books that I actually, I'm super, super happy about this book, too. One of the books that I have that I did was uh, called The Night is Our Victory, and it is completely traditionally painted. No kidding. Yes. So I went in with just ink and gouache. And it is is my favorite book. It is absolutely my favorite book. And I've been trying to come up with a second series for it. Um, it's slow going only because I'm trying to think of what the story is going to be. But each page is actually a whole, is its own like two page image. That's so it's a whole spread over two pages, but it's like a whole illustrated piece so it's its own thing and that was kind of my idea of how i was going to make comics was i was going to just do traditional art and it was go always going to look like this and i'm just like you know it's working but i want to do other things you know mm -hmm. yeah and this story is just one piece of the what else can i do in this medium um so i started kind of revisiting a lot of my old stories a lot of ideas that i had when i was a kid i'm like i am an adult now I can actually revisit this and do these things. I have access to resources. I can get the materials and I can actually do this story. I can actually tell this story. I've always dreamed of telling my own stories. I can do that now. <laughs> it's so much easier without MS Paint too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it's liberating as all get out. So I'm like, okay, I guess we're doing the things. So I just, I sat down over the course of like a couple of weeks and I just started painting and that's, and it turned into the night is our victory. Um, and then I tried to see, is this going to work? Can I do this again? I said, no, I want to do something different. I want to tell a different type of story. I want to, I want to do comics traditionally or traditionally the way, you know, Unquote. people recognize, yeah, the way people recognize this comics with, you know, the panels and the gutters and all of that other stuff that took a little bit of doing <laughs> that took a little bit of doing. Oh yeah. Um, and I think what's actually really helped with that process is just the digital work, being able to do this digitally. I have my. Uh, I have a Huion Canvas Pro 20. This is amazing. I bought this thing last year for the, with the express intent of making comics on it. Oh, beautiful. Um, yeah. Able to do this. And it's it's so nice. And of course, I looked at all the other, you know, tablets. I've seen the, uh, I've seen the big one. There's uh, the Canvas Pro or no, what was it? It's a, uh, I think it's a Wacom. Oh, and this okay. thing is huge. It's like 30 inches. I'm like, good God. I would love to have that. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do with all of this space, but it's huge. That's insane. Do you do they have to have it like posted like a drafting board? I think it is. I think oh it is. I'm gosh. like, I don't have the desk space for that. So maybe if we move or I get a bigger table or something like that, maybe I'd invest in that. Like I said, I still don't know what I'd do with the thing, but <laughs> I want it. I want it. Um, <laughs> Jumping into like just making comics that way, I'm just like, okay, I had to figure out, you know, what my process was going to be like and how I was actually going to, you know, set up everything, how I was going to be productive, how I was going to go after it, what colors I was going to use, what type of story I'm going to tell. And I took, I looked back at one of my older characters that I was just, I never did anything with him. I'm just like, well, whatever, he just kind of exists. And I said, well, Maybe I can do more with his story. So what else is going on in, with his story? And it's all this whole cast of other characters around him that he has to go save and just kind of be around and be a part of. That's his lover. And then their family and their friends are all together. 
but he's this historical figure from like centuries ago. So what really is the story? So just playing around with that and it's turned into this is going to be the next big major story that I'm going to work on um, probably like piece by piece later this year. But I just, I'm just like, okay, I can actually do these things. I can tell the story that I really want to tell and just actually get somewhere with it. It's not going to be this thing that I just do. And now it's just sitting around. It's like, no, this is, this is meaningful now. This is actually happening. Um, but it all started with, you know, a stack of Marvel comics from back in the day when I was a kid. That's really what did it. And I'm, I'm still a fan of like a lot of, you know, my favorite Marvel heroes and, you know, seeing the movies come out has was just like, wow, this is fun. This is a fun yeah. adventure. Lots of other characters I'm not really interested in or I've never even heard of, or I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, but I'm just like, this was a touch point for me. It's just like kind of saying, remember when you liked this publisher. Remember when you liked these stories. Remember when you liked these characters. I'm like, yeah, I do. And it started getting me thinking about my own stories. And that's kind of where I am right now. I'm just living in the zone. I'm not trying to create a multiverse of my own, but like there's... No. <laughs> like, it, 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 it just kind of blows up. But like when you have, you know, I think what really inspired me about a multiverse, I don't know if you remember cross-gen comics when it was around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With I was, and stuff? Yes, I was big into cross-gen. I still have those books. They're all packed nice. away and everything, but I love them. And they were the kinds of stories that I realized, this is what I want to tell. These are the stories I want to tell. Maybe it's just like this one or two people going on some doing whatever, but they're not, you know, it's not like monster of the week type of thing, or, you know, they're long threaded stories that just kind of continue on in this whole, uh, this whole continuous line. That's the type of story that I want to tell. When people started talking about graphic novels, I'm like, I'm looking and I'm like, oh, this is it too. I want to tell these long form stories. I want to be able to write and draw and do all of these things in my own books. How do I do that? It's just a matter of one page at a time, really. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but it was just, yeah, that was just kind of like really the the input of me of just like, this is where I really want to go with my stories. Um, So I started thinking of all the different worlds that my characters occupy and who's there and what are they doing? What's happening in those worlds? And I got kind of fixated on a couple and then it got narrowed down to one, but like there's still the other parts of that happening. And then I have this other group of characters from when I was a kid that I, you know, my cousin, I used to role play all the time too. And I said, mm -hmm. I want to tell the story of those characters too. So now they're part of that. And it just goes into this whole wider universe. I'm like, okay, I think I've just created my own, you know, fantasy universe here, but I want to tell stories in that. And I want to be able to touch on each one of those. So I just have to do, and it's because it's just me, I have to do a piece by piece, a little bit. Yeah. Time. That's Otherwise, a lot I'm, of work. I know I'm, I get overwhelmed pretty easily. And especially if I have too many things going at once. And it's very easy for me to just have too many stories going at once. So I'm trying to relax and just try to tell these types of stories just maybe once in a while um, until I can actually build up, you know, obviously the muscles and the the technique and the skills to actually really dive in to just go all in on like a 24 issue series or something. So maybe just like piece by piece, we'll start with a four or with like a one shot here and there and then see how well I can get used to the technique and the process of drawing and inking and coloring and shadowing and lights and then rendering everything, putting in speech bubbles and all that other stuff. How long is that going to take me realistically? Because that'll tell me if I can or can do the way I want it to do. I'm going to do it regardless. But this will tell me how well I can actually do that and what type of schedule I can stick to. Yeah. Hello there. My name is Don Cardenas, and I'm here to invite you to check out my podcast, the 2021 Grantee Award winning Comics Coffee Metal, where I interview creatives in, around, and about the worlds of, you guessed it, Comics Coffee and Metal. I've already had such amazing guests on my show, including, but not limited to, Liana Kangas, Mike Norton, John O'Diener, Michael Conrad, Sophie Campbell, Guitar Max Carlisle, Andrew Baina, and of course, the word bros themselves, Bob and Kevin. Comics Coffee Metal is available on all the major podcast services, and you can find it directly at comicscoffeemetal.com. 
I hope to see you there. And now I return you to Into the Comics Cave with the amazing, awesome, talented, um, tall, handsome, uh, what else did I say? Definitely over six feet tall, smells good like lavender and motorcycle grease. Is that right? Motorcycle grease? Alright. Grant Stoy. There, I said it. Get my money now. Well, now we've gotten to a point where I want to ask you a question. Okay. This has become one of my favorite ones to ask. But you are taken into the Forbidden Restaurant. You are seated at a booth. Now, the deal is you can order anything you want. No one will ever know what you are ordering, what you're eating. The servers are all robots. It doesn't matter. Okay. So you're in the scenario. What do you want to try? What do I want to try? Hmm. I am very... I'm a person of habit. And I don't often venture into new things unless something really catches my eye. So if I can't really, if I'm looking at the menu and I'm seeing all these exotic things, I'm thinking to myself, does that sound interesting? Does that sound appetizing to me? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to go with something that's safe, that's tried true, that I'm like, I'm in a new place right now and they can do this thing that I like. Maybe I'm just going to get me some wings and just keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. They have to be the spiciest wings in town. Okay. I love spicy food. I love spicy food. Like, are you um, spicier the better? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, they have to be the spicy things in town. And I want, with that, maybe something super fruity and sweet as a drink. Something nice and cold. Yes. Um, but it has to be fruity. So maybe like a fruit smoothie. Um, and well, that's just good like, because that'll coat your throat too. Mm-hmm. And I just love the combination of those flavors. I'm like, I can enjoy myself with that. So I'm not going to adventure too much into, you know, the Forbidden Realms uh, menu. But if they can do <laughs> the, the basic things that I like, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna try the basic thing I like, and just stick with that. So, the type of bird, though, if they said you could try like emu wings. Oh, oh, load me up. Give me some emu wings. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'll I'll experiment with that. I'll experiment with that. Okay. So it's all within that same kind of parameter, though. Yeah. Now, if it were, like, dragon wings, I'm like, "Mm, is that dragon going to be missing them wings? Because, like... (laughs) What do you think a dragon wing would taste like? You know, I imagine it would probably taste maybe... And I can't say because I haven't had it, but I imagine it would taste something like gator. Yeah, Um, yeah. That makes sense. Or it may be, uh, what was the other thing I was just thinking of? Uh, like jerky. Okay. Like I think that would probably that would probably be the best way to serve dragon wings. Would probably if they were like dried like jerky. So if they had dragon jerky spiced with like I'm trying to think of like killer peppers. Uh, ghost peppers probably blasé for you at this point. Yeah, you know what? I don't need it to always kill people, but yeah, I, I can pepper some ghost peppers. That's fine. You so know, like, I would try that. I would try that 100%. Okay. So right now you've got emu wings coated with, what do you think? Hmm. Emu wings coated with maybe some uh, really spicy buffalo sauce. Okay. Um, and then, you know, maybe a side of some dragon wings. You know what? I think that would be good. And I you've got the smoothie, which I think is a tremendous call. Oh, really yeah. forward thinking. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that would be I think that would be a fun dish. <laughs> and now we're heading into these are the five questions we ask every guest. Okay. They are based off of James Lipton's Inside the Actors Studio. Okay. A lot of folks are more familiar with Will Farrell's impression of James Lipton's Inside oh, no. the Actors Studio. <laughs> Don't worry, these are all softballs. Okay. So number one, what is your favorite sequential art sound effect? Oh my God. <laughs> and since like you do everything with your comics, you have to have like a little bit, like some, some that you want to use or have used. 
or not something that I want to use, but something that just kind of it reminded me of this one time my cousin and I were reading comics. We were in bed and we were just like silently reading. And I don't know what possessed me <laughs> to scream out this sound effect. <laughs> it was just like there, I just had to say it. It, it wasn't it wasn't even anything like shocking. Um, I think it was like a uh it was like a blammo or something like that. It was something <laughs> so simple, but the way it was just on the page, I just had to say it out loud. No, it was shoom. That's what it was. Shoom. It was shoom. I don't even know what the context of it was or what we were reading, but I'm just like shoom, and he just startled, like, what is going on? I'm like, I don't I didn't even realize I had done it until he reacted. <laughs> okay, if that was me and it was dead silent and I was invested in what I was reading and you just yelled shoom, I'm all, oh, I would have been so mad. That's exactly what it was. We were just so <laughs> quiet and all of a sudden I just pipe out with this weird noise like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so it would have to be that. <laughs> shoom it is. Shoom. So I think it was the sound of some like door opening and energy flowing through it or something like that. I really don't remember the context. I think it was uh I I think it was like a milestone comic that I was reading at the time. So okay. it was it was just a wild night. <laughs> <laughs> so number two, this is super easy. What is something you love about sequential art? Something that I love is that you can tell any type of story with it. That's mm -hmm. easy for me. And I really do believe that, you know, a person who is like deeply inspired or just if they have an idea of something, you can put it into a sequential art form. You can do it in a comic form of some way, shape or form. Maybe it doesn't have to be like a 24 page comic book. It can be like a simple three panel comic strip, but you can literally tell any kind of story in comic form. And I love it for that. It's one of the things that inspires me and really keeps me wanting to tell more stories, to see how far can I really push myself and this medium? What really can I do with this? Is why I experimented originally with traditional art and you know doing things my own way and having two page spreads on everything or having each page be this full panel splash. Like what really can I do with this medium? What type of stories can I do? And I can do anything. Um, I was also looking at some game books for World of Darkness, and I'm like, I could even build a comic like this where you have like all the text is there, but it's also on the page with like as a normal prose book, it's on the page right. with you know actual line art that's just you know black and white, just black line art, and you can tell a story like that. I'm like, this is literally what this medium can do. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love about it. On the other side of that, of course, there's what do you dislike about comics? Um, and this can cover the whole gamut, like the industry, the fans, yeah. making them, whatever. I think the thing that I don't like about it is that it is, I think the mindset with some fans is far too limited. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've, we've seen, we've heard, we've read a lot of the dialogue. Um, on both sides of, oh, this comic is too political or this comic doesn't say enough about these types of characters or these types of experiences. And I'm like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with art being political. It's always has been. Yeah. Um, but I do think that there is something to be said for it's not going far enough to tell stories of different types of people. Mm. Um, and I, I really 100% believe that. And I think the thing that I am always worried or frustrated about is the fact that it's just some fans just want to pull back and say, no, we can't do this. It's too political. It's too messagey. It's too preachy. It's too this, that, and the other. And there's a way of doing it that doesn't sound political or doesn't sound preachy. But these are actual stories. And I look at all the characters. I'm like, this is a person that actually exists. Maybe not with superpowers, but that attitude, that belief system, you are saying that this is too political, but this person 100% exists in not just in the world, but in your world, in your life. You know this person personally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have met them. 
that you can sit there and say that this story is too political when it's about them and has nothing to do with politics. That's worrisome. Yeah. So that's that's what I don't like about it. And it's not something necessarily with the books themselves. It's just I really do worry about comics fans and where they feel that comics should be going, uh, that it should be coming back. It shouldn't be saying this. It shouldn't be saying that. But it's like the comics that you are also have been interested in have always told those types of stories, too. Yeah. They've always said those things, too. You grew up reading the same books we all did. At what point were you not seeing a political message or a social message invested in that? Um, you know, there's some of the greatest creators and writers that you've read about that you love. Those are the stories that they told. <laughs> you love those stories. That's exactly what they were saying. Please revisit this information. Please revisit this story, this comic strip, that this comic that you say you love, because that's exactly what was happening there. Yeah, like God forbid they're just reading everything on a surface level, and that would be even more disappointing. It like, is. So it you really went over is. this and nothing resonated. Exactly. It's 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 definitely worrisome. And you know, I, I hope that in my own way, as I'm telling stories of black characters, of queer characters, this is the space that I live in. Being mm -hmm. a black queer person myself, this is this is what I do. The, this is me, these are my friends. These are my family members. These are people that I know. I'm going to tell these stories. And as I said, you know, Philly attitude, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> so, you know, and it's just, you can say what you want. If you don't like it, you don't have to read it. But someone is reading this and someone is going to enjoy this story. And someone says, this is exactly what I needed to hear, what I needed to read, what I needed to see right now. Mm -hmm. That's the story that I want to tell. The stories that... You know, I don't want to make, I don't want to trump myself up and make myself into this whole important figure in comics, but I'm just like, I am, because I'm a newcomer to the industry, I can do whatever I want. I can tell whatever type of story I want, and that'll be my zone. And then I will be known for, you know, maybe like, oh, Celestian tells all these like really wild stories of like queer characters and magic and this, that, and the other. So maybe that's, you know, we start to see more of that. That's just because of them. And it's like, yeah, but I can also tell stories that don't have anything to do with that. I can tell stories about just people. Mm -hmm. So that's just, you know, just trying to figure out, like, I'm not going for a thing. I'm just telling a story. That's right. my thing. <laughs> now, going to uh, number four. Mm -hmm. I feel because you live in the Midwest now, you must have picked up some of these. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite swear word that's not a swear word? Oh, my God. Huh. I don't think I've actually heard any of those. Really? I'm trying to think. What, what what was there anything that someone just said that was so off the wall to me? I don't think so. I think a lot of the people that I've encountered with, they they just stick with the standards. <laughs> um yeah, I don't think I've heard any any new weird ones. Or if I did, it just didn't trigger a a thought in me to like remember it. I, I guess it just if I heard it, it probably wasn't memorable enough. So no, say, no like, oh, well. sticks. <laughs> it's just like I guess in one way I could be like, oh, I could see how you could come up with that, whatever, and just move on. <laughs> mm. Not like the not like the tried and true, really punchy ones. <laughs> you know, so no, I can't say that I have one. Well now now you'll be on the lookout for it. I, I think I will. I think I will. <laughs> I have to ask my boyfriend. I'm like, you lived out here your whole life, so tell me, like, what's a good one? Oh my gosh, I assume like people from the Midwest probably a litany of stuff that can just be like, oh man. I'm gonna have to ask around on that one, especially for the people who've lived out here their whole life, because I just couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Now, number five, Celestian, I got some bad news for you. Uh oh. So you went back to Philly, and you were super excited to go to breakfast, and you're like, I'll have the most special scrapple, everything <laughs> but the oink you can throw together. And they're like, all right, but do you want it any spicy? And you're like, I want it the spiciest possible. So little did you know that they have been cultivating like hell peppers, uh, like the hottest known pepper. There's no skull okay. unit high, high enough for it, but they make it with the, the scrapple and they serve you that gross 
gray <laughs> rectangle and you eat it and you're like this is great and then you spontaneously combust so oh, unfortunately man. you just died but you go to what we perceive as heaven and when you get there you see a, a cranky old man in a corner sitting in a drafting board big bushy eyebrows chewing on a cigar working on a bunch of space people and oh my gosh it's jacob kurtzberg aka jack kirby what do you hope he says to you um what do i hope he says to me i think the best i can hope for is just that hey how you doing like just being acknowledged just being acknowledged i think in any space that i'm in it's one thing i try to cultivate myself um and foster that feeling that sense of i see you mm -hmm. and i hear you and i know maybe i know what you've gone through or maybe whatever but i acknowledge your presence and i think for me that's enough um or like a you did good kid or something like that some type of positive affirmation that i lived a life that yeah. you know i got to do my own thing that you know i reached people i touched people that you know i lived a life as true to myself as i could get it to be you know every single day was that opportunity to do that and we all have our setbacks, but you know, I feel that just someone saying, hey, how are you? And just allowing me to exist in that moment without pretense, without condition, um, just that acknowledgement, I think is enough for me, for sure. That's lovely. I like that. So thank you so much for joining me, Celestian. Where can folks find you on so the social So folks can find me, of course, on Twitter at CelestianIOF. You can also find me on Instagram. I think I'm also Celestian IOF on Instagram. Um, nice. And of course, Twitter on Twitch, uh, Celestian IOF. Uh, that's <laughs> kind of the big one. Um, I'm, I'm there like every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday, um, just in the morning, just doing my thing. You'll see all my uh, me working on pages. And then, of course, there is the website, illustratorofantasies.com, which is what IOF stands for. Uh, it's a work in progress. <laughs> Um, Aren't we all? Then, we <laughs> literally always. And then finally would be the Patreon page, which should be coming pretty soon. That nice. should be coming pretty soon. Cool. Well, Celestia, thank you so much for joining me. I had a really good chat with you. I'm so glad we got to do this. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, I'm I, looking forward to just, like I said, really being inspired and jumping back into my work. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for that. And this was a really great conversation. We're just talking about that. So thank you for having me. This has been a Comic Book Yeti production. You can find new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts stream. For more information on the Comic Book Yeti, please visit comicbookyeti.com. And for more of Grant, visit grantstoy.com or on Twitter at Grant and Stuff.